0: Hey everyone, this is Arnold Byun with Warm Welcome, where we meet the makers behind the most beloved restaurants to share their stories, struggles, and success. Today we're chatting with Jen, a co-owner of Fish Cheeks on Bond Street in the Noho neighborhood in New York City. Uh, Fish Cheeks is a vibrant restaurant serving contemporary Thai food with a focus on seafood. Uh, Fish Cheeks also is the lean, tender cheek meat that is considered the tastiest part of a fish. and quite the delicacy in thailand when it first opened fist cheeks was known for a pad thai free zone and so this was all intentional in creating a thai restaurant that dives deeper into the cuisine than just offering the usual suspects jen was born in new jersey and around two years old, found herself in Thailand. So growing up in Bangkok, her mother wasn't the greatest cook, but her grandma was a great cook. Uh, her dad loved dining out, so food was still a constant part of her life. And uh, what I found very fascinating about our conversation, um, especially with Jen, is she's the first operator that I had on the show where we actually tackle outdoor dining and what it's like operating during this time uh, a lot of restaurants and restaurateurs that we've had on the show all of the restaurants are open currently but i haven't had the opportunity to invite them back so this episode will be really the first episode where we tackle what it's like to operate uh, outdoor dining other than that i mean there's just so much to pull from here and and from my conversation with Jen and especially given her experience in the industry too. So it was very refreshing and um, I've always been a fan of the restaurant as well. So I am really excited to share this conversation with you. So without further ado, we're going to take you back to her childhood, where she grew up, how she grew up, uh, what she loved eating as well.
1: I was basically born in New Jersey, actually, and I lived here for two years and my parents, my mom, mostly, was like, I don't want to live here anymore. After she had my sister, my younger sister, she's like, I don't want to live here anymore. My grandmother went back, my aunt went back to Thailand. So my dad had no choice, but just to move us all back. Um, and you know, I grew up there for probably close to 10 years. And it just, it's such an amazing, I think like thing to have. You know, I'm very grateful that I actually went back and I grew up there because it just gives me better perspective you know, of other culture and, you know, to have like two cultures, like, you know, at the time when I was in Thailand, I just, I didn't even know that this culture exists, right? Like an American culture. So that's the only thing that I see. But I think that taught me a lot. It gives me a lot of discipline in many ways, because like the whole, you know, you have to listen to your elder, you have to do certain things, you have to be certain way, all of that. I don't completely agree with all of it, but I am happy and I am very grateful that I went through all of that you know, like that, those, they're the, they instill like certain kind of teaching and certain kind of way of thinking. I'm really grateful for that. I don't know, like in Thailand, it's just like, there's just so much food. My mom is not a greatest cook. My, my grandmother was a really amazing cook. She was actually a cafeteria lady. Yeah. But she, she makes like amazing food, like all the time. Like I, this is like so like beside the point, but like even for stray cats that she kind of like takes care of, like the neighborhood cats, she would give them like fish and rice like every cats. single day. Yeah, for cats, for like literally stray cats, like she'll make them like a bowl of like just rice and fish like mixed together. And I'm like, this just is delicious. Like this is actually like for human. <laughs> like I this most of my like love for food is from my dad he's like the type of person that he doesn't cook but he likes to eat out all the time and he will find you know like the place where they make the best this or that or certain dishes like there's this dish in Thailand called like which is like um it's the Thai watercress like cooked in a extremely high heat in a wok and you would think that it's like super simple right Like this guy literally will go out and just like, oh, like they make it really correct. Like, you know, they clean it. Yeah. It's like they clean it and then they soak it in like cold water before they actually cook it. So it stays crispy. I'm like, you're ridiculous. But like, those are the things that actually like really helps me appreciate food and, you know, like really like kind of make me love food. It's kind of like because of him, because, you know, I, I think I tried sushi when I was like six or seven or eight and I was like, this is disgusting. Like, I don't want to eat this. And he's like, well, if you don't like it, you don't ever have to eat it again, but like at least try it. And, you know, those are the type of like things that he teach me. And it's, it's kind of like, oh, I'll eat anything once, you know, (laughs) like if I don't like it, I don't like it.
0: So you say you were born um, in New Jersey. When did you go to Thailand? Because I think you were like two, three, right? Like when you were, you were a baby?
1: Two. Yeah,
0: two. Yeah. When did you come back to the US slash, like what made you guys come back to the US?
1: So I went to an all-girl school, like an all-girl private school. And I, it was basically like I was going to seventh grade and, my, and that school turned into a boarding school. And my dad was like, I don't want my my, you know my kids to go to boarding school because like he heard they're like lesbians <laughs> I, nothing's wrong with that by the way but in his head he's like oh no like and you know since we're u.s. citizens he was just like oh maybe we should just like go there and you know for a couple of years and then you can come back so you can learn how to speak english also but then you know three years turn into a lifetime so
0: <laughs> I never went back i see so around like middle school you came back to the u.s yeah And when you came back, did you go back to New Jersey or?
1: No, we went to Hunter Tannersville. Where's that? Upstate New York. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs)
0: What what was that like? I mean, transitioning from like Thailand to that.
1: It was very different. It was very, very different. I mean, I was the only Asian kid there. Like me and my sister.
0: You guys were like the token Asian kids.
1: Yeah. They were like, oh my God. Like, who are these like, you know, Asian girls? Where are you from? (laughs) But they were all they were all very nice, I gotta say. like that I had a really great experience there. So
0: how did you get involved in the restaurant industry? Like what was your first industry job?
1: I worked in this Thai restaurant, actually, in Union Square. it was called like Lemongrass Grill, and just like a you know, summer time like literally summer job, just wanting to make a few few bucks. and, you know, I was like okay this this was easy you know I was like oh this is like very easy quick money for like you know a couple of hours and I got like a hundred bucks like this is great and I think it was what like I was sixteen, maybe 16 and that kind of just like turned into like you know, and then I went to this other Thai restaurant because this lady was like, oh, you should come work here. They just opened up. I think it's still there. It's called Klong Restaurant. It's like next to Thai Show. So that's where I met my boss, my, my former boss. Um And I worked there literally throughout high school and college. No way. Yeah.
0: On St. Mark's Place, right?
1: Yeah. And they expand into other, they have like, I think he has, I don't even know how many restaurants he has, but he has a lot. So I helped him like open other restaurants and I, you know, and I started managing those restaurants, like even throughout college. And once, you know, college was was over, I knew in my heart, I was like, I'm not a nine to five person. I can't do that. Like I, to save my life, I can't do that. I just can't. And there was an opportunity because of, um, the lady that was a chef at one of the restaurant was like, oh, I want to open a restaurant, you know, with one of the manager. And I was like, oh, like, this is how much money I have. Can I be a part of it? And they were like, yeah, sure. That probably was not the best idea, but, like, it definitely taught me a lot because I was actually their point of contact for everything because I was the only one that speaks English and actually knows how to, like, talk to people. (laughs) Like. But it didn't end well, but I learned a lot. And then after that, I went um, back to my old boss. He opened up this place called Ember Room uh, on like, uh, what is it, 45th and 9th? And I managed there for a while. And then it turned into, uh, that restaurant folded, but it turned into Obao, which is like a Thai Vietnamese restaurant. Um, same owner, same owner. And I was with them for probably like, four and a half years.
0: As an NYU student who studied hospitality and who was interested in restaurants, I would have never, I would have never guessed that like Klong owner was the owner in Obao. Cause for me, Klang uh, uh, as a student was like, oh, like it's like a local St. Mark, I'm sure like some, 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 you know, random Thai person like came over here and opened on St. Mark's place. And I thought Obao was like uh, a little bit more well-funded, right? Cause they have a multiple, they have multiple locations now. Um, and uh, I want to say on the record, like, to be honest, I thought Obao was actually pretty excellent. Like it's, they have so, they even have like Korean, like LA caribis khai- at this point. I think they have like Korean uh, barbecue on the menu too. And, they have,
1: and they have, it's like, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, you know what they do? Like they, it's almost like, you know, the whole, their, their target is that, you know, they're in a very busy area, with a lot of foot traffic, with a lot of offices around. So that's their target, right? Like they want to be able to provide a, like a wide array of food so people can just, you know, you can come to this place and have whatever you want. Like, you know, a kind of like a Pan-Asian theme situation. And, you know, I think all the dishes are pretty solid. Um, and, you know, and if you look at where each locations are one is on like 53rd and Lexington, like next to the building. One is like on ninth Avenue, like the biz, like Hell's Kitchen is super busy, you know? And another one is like on water street also like five Eye. So they're all like, they put themselves in all the busy, busy locations.
0: So that's super intentional from the get go. He wanted to target like a specific demographic, which was like the the office workers. Right right right, right. Uh, okay, that makes sense because I was like, why is it in Water Street and then why is it in midtown? but if you think about it it was all it was all that was a, a thought process to it. <laughs> okay so two things one, what did you learn just to kind of like backtrack what did you learn from being involved in, in your first like you know opening project as a 22 23 year uh, year old and then I guess the next kind of question would be like what did you learn from OBAO?
1: Things that I learned the most from, you know, from opening the fr- like first restaurant on my own, is so, that like I should probably you know, like get to know my partner a little better. <laughs> just, to to thought, just to start. Just to no, start. I thought I knew them. You know, I thought I knew them in the sense I work with them, right? Right, right. Um, working with someone and actually being involved financially with someone—it's completely different. And I think like me jumping into someone else's project and kind of like having the mindset of, oh, this is what I want. And like trying to push that on them doesn't necessarily work. Like I wanted this whole like fish cheeks concept where it's like, oh, no pad thai, like just Thai food for a longest time. You know, even for the first restaurant, I wanted that for us. Like I wanted a small, simpler menu, quality food, you know, you don't have to have 70 items on the menu. You just have like a solid 20, and people will come, you know, great service. But when you're just like a minority owner versus people that are like, you know, they're putting a lot of money into it. They're also, she's, she was also a chef. Um, it was difficult. It was difficult to, for, to kind of like change that mindset um, when she was already making 70 dishes. And, you know, all the restaurants that she was in was, was doing extremely well. So... That was, that was difficult, but that was actually like a very good learning experience.
0: Do you feel like you being 22, 23, like very young at the time, did that also play a factor maybe?
1: Yes. 100%. Because it's almost like, well, I'm older. I know what I'm talking about. And when you're like, no, but like, you're not listening to me. Like, I need you to like set aside X amount of money for marketing or whatever we need to do. And they're like, no, we don't need that. Like, why do we need that? Like we, I run X, you know, amount of restaurants that are super successful that are busy all the time. So, like, why do I even need that? And in my head, I'm just like, oh my god, this is like that.
0: That happened. And then talk me through managing Obao. And, and you said you were kind of at um, at the beginning of this before you even you know opened and expanded into different locations. So, what was that timeline? Because you were there for quite a bit, like four and a half years. Yeah,
1: right? I was there for a long time. It was for the Ninth Avenue location. It was when it was Ember Room, and then we transitioned it to Obao. Um, I saw that they have. I wasn't there when the first Obau opened, but it was there when the second one opened, right? And I saw how you know it was already successful. Why are we you know pushing concept like Ember Room concept where it's not really working at the moment? Why are we not just kind of expand on the Obau and just make the Ninth Avenue one into like a, a like a flagship per se because it's like a, it's a big restaurant and it's three level is done beautifully. Um, the interior is amazing. So why 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 not do that? Right. I think like I think it was a, a great idea. We changed that and you know, after I think like it was kind of like a, a no brainer since day one from, from day one. Like it was they were literally the sales were a steady climb since day one. There were no, oh, there's a drop, there's, you know, it was it was it was great. I think the concept works for the location it kind of answers it fits the location like you can't really be anything else other than that in that location people also don't really want like a taught english like chevy and kirishai like in you know what i mean like it's not it doesn't it doesn't i don't know it doesn't mesh well when like the chefs themselves are not there
0: i'm assuming as as a you were probably like mid 20s at this point, probably as like a young professional, you were like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this going through your head? Like, you know, if I open like a more like a, a, a modern Obal that resonated with maybe my like age group, is that, was that running through your head? And then I guess the next thing is like, I know you met your current chef partner from Obal as well. So how did that kind of transpire?
1: I always, since, I guess since my first restaurant, that was always like the idea that I, I always have, Right. It's, you know, I need to find someone that can execute things that I want for me, but I would never get into it if I'm not sure of that person or like, if I'm not sure of the food. And that's like, I met my partner there and we were talking, we basically were talking probably close to a year before we actually said anything to be honest. Like, this is like, oh, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Like, if we have a restaurant, this would be the concept. And... He was like I have a really I have a brother he's a chef that studied Thai food he's Thai in Thailand and he also like went to Australia he works for like David Thompson so it's just like oh my god why are we not bringing him over here you know like that's perfect because if you look at like the Thai like restaurant scene there's no like Mm -hmm. Thai chef everyone is just Thai cook they're just doing it you know to kind of like feed themselves. It's not really like a passion thing. A very small number of people are doing that, you know? So it's, it's, it's almost like that's a gap that we like, we can clearly see that it's not being filled.
0: Take me back to like 2015, 16, when you, you know, finalize your conversation with, with your chefs and then, and you probably like, all right, let's do this. Let's, let's do this restaurant.
1: I think 2015 that's when we were, like 2015, at the end of the year, we were aggressively looking at locations, like at all, like just restaurants, you know. I know from growing up here that I wanted a restaurant that is a little bit more downtown, you know. West Village, East maybe, Soho, like nothing really above like 23rd Street.
0: Not Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, no. I l- loved what I did back then, but I was just like, it's enough. Like I kinda want something new and I want, you know, something a little different from what I did before. <laughs> so I was like, definitely want downtown. I we even explore a little bit of Brooklyn. Yeah, but like we looked for a very long time, you know, we did not have fundings. Like it was just our own money it just you know it took us a while but then my broker called me i was like jen like she sent that 55 bond over and i was like you're crazy like first of all you're a bitch for doing this to me like i don't know like, i literally was like i can't afford this kendall like this is insane Stop teasing
0: me yeah
1: yeah i was like why would you do this to me and she was like no 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 it's a great deal like we went to see it and we were like oh my god like i want this i want this like right now yeah
0: <laughs> like, yeah. What, what was it before, before you guys went in?
1: It was called a Philosoph. I think it was like a French restaurant. Yeah.
0: And that street though, right? It's known for like Italian, French, like kind of like yeah. European restaurants. Yeah. What made you think that you could do a Thai restaurant and still have the... But that's
1: the thing though. Like I, like I felt like because it was just like Italian, French, like, you know, it just, it's that whole area surrounded by those kind of restaurants. Like, I think I, I, I literally thought it was like, it's going to work. Like, why not?
0: Talk to me about the name. Cause I actually, when I was reading into it, I really love what fish cheeks stands for. For me, what I'm always curious about when I talk to operators is like, did the, was, was the concept of the name something you guys had, had in mind already and you were looking for space or do you think like the space and the layout and the structure also dictated that you were going to go for like a seafood inspired driven menu? Like what was there like, kind of like a, uh, step by step here too, or how did the no? It was out?
1: literally. I gotta be honest with you. It was pretty much like a crash course of everything. In mind. Like I, I, I wish that I could be even more organized and say, "Oh no, we had this in mind, and this." Mind. No, it was no. It just things just kind of fell into place as we go, and as we were figuring it out, we knew that we wanted a Thai restaurant, right? And then once we get talking. And once like Shavon starts like, you know, producing his food and we start tasting that stuff, we knew that it was like, oh shit, that like seafood tie. I think that would be amazing. No one, no one is doing it. it tastes great. A lot of his menu are seafood based. So we were like, I, I think this is a, this is a, this is the way to go. Once we have that, me and Chad, which is my, uh, my other partner, We were just like, let's just look up terminologies for like fishermen. (laughs) It's like, like, let's see if there's a dictionary out there. Maybe there are words that we don't know and that, you know, that maybe we can use this like for the restaurant. So we started doing that and like none of it worked. And then it it was actually Shat's like idea because he, he went to CIA and he was like, Jen, like I read this like short story when I was in CIA. It's called Fish Cheeks. Like, you know, it has really good meanings and stuff like that. And I think, like, the moment he said it, we were just kind of like, yo, like, that's pretty cool. At the same time, it's like, is it? It's kind of gross. But, like, it's really cool. Like, are people going to like it? Are people going to be like, what? Like, what is that? We like the kind of, you know, impression that it leaves you with. People are always like, what? But you're always going to remember it
0: through friends and family like here you are you know you you had this um, opportunity to open a restaurant when you're 22, 23 obviously it didn't pan out the way you wanted to and then you helped uh, you know expand this concept like four and a half years you were at obao and then now you finally get to kind of do this concept that you've always wanted to do like what was it like opening doors like welcoming your friends and in, in the first few days that you guys were open
1: I thought that we were gonna fail miserably really yeah because it was like thank god we did friends and family but it was just like a shit show for the first two days literally everything was a mess and i was like oh my god like how are we gonna like survive like people waited like literally an hour for food how like you know like no one has it together oh my god like what what's going on like it was bad i was like we need another month of training staff like we can't do this (laughs) like We don't even have liquor yet. Like, how is how are we gonna make that work? You know, it it was it was a lot. But I think after after that week, by the fifth day, we were like, you know what? This is not that bad. Like it's okay. Like we're we're gonna be fine. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I expected a completely different response, as not like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna crush it. Oh my gosh. Oh no, <laughs> no way. Like,
1: in the back of our heads, we were like, oh my god, what the hell did we get ourselves into right now? Like <laughs> We 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 believed in the concept but it was just, you know, like everything was happening very very fast and we needed it to happen. We needed it to happen very fast. So, yeah. you know, we felt a little unprepared and we thought that like if we have a little bit more time it would have been it would have been nice.
0: I know you said earlier you were like, you know, New Yorkers are sophisticated and they have a good palate. I I get that, but were there any challenges in the beginning with being a no Pad Thai, you know, Pad Thai free zone and people are coming in, you know, you go on, um, you know, my least favorite app, you go on Yelp and it says like Thai restaurant and they, they, they expect a certain experience. Right. So, so take me through that. And how, how, how the barriers <laughs> and like, the education.
1: It's like, you have to think of it as you're educating people. That's, that's the only thing that I can think of. So I don't get mad about it because most of the time, like when I get questions like, are you a fusion restaurant? are you like, what is this? Like, you don't even have pad Thai.
0: Yeah. Like, are or, you like, even authentic? Pad- yeah. Right. Like
1: you're not even a Thai restaurant. What kind of Thai restaurant are you? It's like inside I'm like exploding, but like, you know, it's gotta be like, oh no, you know, like there's just abundance of it. Like if you want pad Thai, you can probably find it at any other Thai restaurants. We just want to provide something like different, you know, like we just kind of want to show people that are more the than- to Thai food than just Pad Thai.
0: I know we talked a little bit off air about um, coronavirus and 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 the pandemic and and you know what's been happening. But talk to me a little bit about pre-COVID because you actually expanded the concept into food markets and food halls, right? So if I if I remember correctly, I think you opened decalp first, and then you also opened in Timeout Market in Dumbo.
1: We did. You thought that we were crazy opening fish cheeks in six months. We did Timeout Market in five days.
0: How oh, oh, wait, wait, okay how, <laughs> how is that a thing like if you order if you order kitchen equipment, it cannot come in like five days. <laughs> no
1: no no well, for time out, it's really good because like they built everything out for you already, like the equipment's are already there, so it's a plug and play. You just like go in with all the food and like you know your small wares and stuff like that and and you can cook and you can open right away, but it was crazy. Like um, the lady that was a re- representative of Timeout Out approached us probably like a month in advance, but we couldn't, you know, agree on the... There were two um, spaces in the Timeout market and we didn't want the top floor. We wanted the, the downstairs. And I guess like someone pulled out last minute. So she was like, hey, like, I know this is really crazy, but like, if it is possible, like at all, like, would you be willing or you would you want to open one downstairs. And we were just like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> I guess we're doing this. <laughs> it, was in- it was insane. It was insane.
0: <laughs> but before timeout, you guys have already done kind of the whole food hall market thing yeah. with uh, Decal, right? So that obviously helped streamline. What is like the biggest difference for you when you look at kind of the operations? Is it obviously like a smaller menu? Like, are you guys featuring like just kind of a, a few greatest hit menu items or how, how, how does that work? So
1: we kind of just picked and choose the stuff that we know is our, our top 10 items that we know that it's already selling and we introduce a couple of new items that, um, we don't have at fish cheeks. It's like, it's more individual plates. Right. So we know that like for fish cheeks menu, it doesn't necessarily work in a timeout market. There's only certain dishes that would work. So we introduced like two more, like, just, you know, another type of fried rice and then like a soup dish with like noodle soup dish.
0: So you have this brick and mortar store on Bond Street. You have the two food hall concepts. Coronavirus happens, right? New York, New York's on pause. What's happening now? Like take me through that that weekend that I think we all remember.
1: A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. We didn't know what was gonna happen, right? But we knew that we we don't want to just jump in to conclusions super fast and just shut everything down. We were listening very closely to the news and to see what what we can do or what we can't do. And, you know, coming out from it, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, now they don't even want anyone to die, anyone to die now, right? Like just take out and deliveries only. So we thought, okay, we do have manpower. People still want to work, you know. Of course, like some people don't want to work. We're not forcing them to work. But people that still needs to, and still are depending on those paychecks are working. Right. And and they're ready to, so we stayed open. We stayed open for them and we stayed open for us. Like we, we felt like it was necessary for us to just kind of like be relevant and still be in the scene, like, you know, for, for, for ourselves. So we've, we've been open ever since, um, When they said, take out, do take out delivery, we do take out and and delivery. When they said, okay, you can do outdoor dining, we do outdoor dining. So it's literally it's like we're changing our minds every single day
0: from an operator's point point of view like how has that been the outdoor dining situation because i know like dot is involved now with like regulations and they're like changing up things last minute with atrocious things like like it has yes. to be a certain right. measurement and whatnot right. so take me through this process
1: so we apply for the sidewalk permit and the roadway we got both but for the roadway in the beginning, we like, you know, you can't just like out of nowhere, get something made properly. So we, I put out two, I think like only three tables and we put like cones like around it and stuff like that. And, you know, we got a visit from the DOT and he was just like, no, we can't do this. There's like, you know, a proper of things that you need to do. And, like, mind you, this is Bond Street. There's no cars. It's cobblestone. People are not going super fast. Like, and I'm not putting out like a million tables, you know? It's literally two tables with like probably like five reflective cones in front of it. No, I really did. Like, (laughs) and he was like, no, this is not okay. So, like, I've kind of stopped that immediately. We're getting a patio like extended, like built out, like a platform with, you know, proper um, planters and stuff like that built out. But, yeah, right now we're just doing sidewalk. We're we're lucky enough to have, you know, pretty wide sidewalk and the flower shop next door is actually a landlord and he just basically said go crazy. Just do whatever you need to do in front of our our space. Um, so we extended more tables, you know, a little bit in front of his his flower shop.
0: Wow. So that that's worked in your favor and you can kind of get more coverage.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like time to get creative like we saw some partitions and we're like okay we need to do that too it's going to help us like you know fit more tables in there
0: (laughs) I I just want to give you a little bit of time to maybe like voice your opinions but also like a PSA like how how can the general like dining public what can they do to make your life easier or slash like how can they best support you during this time
1: it's important to, to support small businesses it's very important you know we all want people to come out and eat at our restaurant at our establishment. But at the same time, I think everyone needs to be aware and cautious of what they're doing. Um, Wear a mask I think is important. Even sometimes like I see at my own restaurant. Yes. Like when you're eating, it's very hard to, you know, do both, but I think when you're kind of done with that, like it's, it's okay to put it back on. Like, you know, don't just be super free about it. And it's not, it's not safe for yourself. It's not safe for our staff. I obviously want our restaurant to be packed. I obviously want to see, you know, a lot of people coming in. But at the same time, when I do see that people are getting kind of like, oh, they're getting loose, like, you know, have a few drinks in them. It's just like social distancing is not a thing. Mass is not a thing. It's kind of like a a free-for-all at that point. And and it does get a little uncomfortable, you know, seeing that because you're just like, am I part of the problem? Like, Like, are we not to do this should we not be doing this you know it's it's a lot of those things too
0: since i came to korea i've been helping out my dad's store it's tough it's tough wearing a mask throughout the entire it shift is.
1: it is, how, it is. How,
0: how has that been for you
1: it's terrible like you're literally wearing a like a cloth like the whole entire time and it's the humidity it's like sweat everything is just like it's crazy i mean like we tried to, like we provide masks for our, our employees so we tell them like if you want to throw it away, like literally like you want to change it every other hours, whatever, like do it because, you know, it's important to wear it. But at the same time, I understand it's just, it's all the bacteria, all the, everything is just there sitting in your face. So
0: the service staff, like we're wearing it eight, 10, whatever, whatever duration right, that might like be. If,
1: if they can do it, then, you know, as a guest or as a patron, like they can do that too.
0: Thank you, Jen, for your time your insights, your honesty, and sharing your experiences operating a restaurant that is doing outdoor dining currently in New York City. Above all else, I think there's just so many other conversations and topics I do wanna tackle. And so just so you're aware, we have another episode in the that we've recorded and that will be out next wednesday but after that we'll be changing up the format and the layout of the podcast just a little bit to highlight other initiative and bring in different voices and faces that i think could add a new layer to the show as well moving forward thank you always for tuning in and we'll see you next week